my rabbi. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into the Southside Rabbi News Report. And today we want to talk about Christian hip hop being under attack. We want to talk about what the heck is going on in the Christian hip hop industry. We have people out there saying Christian hip hop is not Christian and Christians don't want to be Christian hip hop artists and people changing titles. <laughs> and we're trying to figure out what is going on. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy, bro. And uh, we want to give a shout-out to our partners, Fox & Friends. Wow. Shout-out to Jerry Falwell and Trump <laughs> no. for sponsoring this podcast. I'm just playing. Please. So, <laughs> what's going on, dog? What's good, bro, homie? Dog, you are wild. Hold on, dog. I'm the wild boy. I just want to just take a moment and apologize to all those that we have lost <laughs> <laughs> because they're like, I was trying to get away from the news by coming to this mug, and here we are again. Here we are with the Southside Rabbi no. Report. Well, in, 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 in you know, like a famous philosopher once said, Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. I'm a wild boy. I'm a wild boy. I'm a wild boy. God bless you, I mean. God bless you. We want to officially welcome everybody to Southside Rabbi. I am your man, KB, and I am here with uh, none other. Oh, gosh. Then I mean the dream, the mean machine with a team that gets the green. Full of bling and esteem. Oh. And Kenya. Oh, okay. Hudson. All right. The problem. Make some noise for my guy one time. Thank you very much. Nice. Oh, you're too kind. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely. too kind. Yeah. So we got a beautiful one for him today. We got a beautiful one for we the people today. We got a beautiful one for the peoples today. We are talking about Christian hip hop. Yes. What is Christian hip hop? That's a question that you should answer. You're a Christian hip-hop artist. Hey, you've been consuming Don't it. Don't ask me that. You've been consuming it, man. The Listen, consumer is king. It's capitalism, baby. Man, Christian hip-hop is hip-hop that is centered around the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. gospel of Jesus Christ. Sure, sure. If you want me to give the super truncated version. No, I definitely believe that for sure. I think also that there is kind of like... Uh, an evolving understanding of what it means for Christians to be in hip hop. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that there is a lot of helpful discussion that has come out of uh, the critiques of Christian hip hop of the past. Right. But it's 2019 now. Where are we going? Where are we at? Where have we come from? Right. So where have we come from? Christian hip hop has been, Christian hip hop has been uh, hands down, uh, the greatest sort of life-altering uh, reality for me, because mm -hmm. that was the means by which I became a Christian, it was through Christian hip-hop. I was at uh, this school that uh, I got the privilege of getting into through a lottery, actually. I had a good GPA, and then I was entered, entered into this lottery, and I was selected to join this pilot program, this new school called St. Petersburg Collegiate High School. Mm -hmm. I was one of a few African-Americans in this school slash program, and I connected with another brother that was there, mm -hmm. all right? So Jeremy was the other brother that was there, and I heard that Jeremy was a rapper, so when I heard Jeremy was a rapper, I approached him about battling me because I had saw the movie Eight Mile, so I thought I was a rapper. As oh well. wow! I was like, "Of course I can do this." Lord have mercy. So I approached Jeremy. Jeremy said to me, "I don't battle; I do Christian rap." So in that moment, I was a bit confused. Christian 
rap, Christian rap, Christian rap, crap is what that sounded like uh-huh, to me. Uh-huh. He was like, that's how I define my music, and therefore it keeps me out of doing certain things. Now, I was struck by that, not only because it sounded weird, but it also was striking because I thought I was a Christian, and I would never have my Christianity sort of uh, determine what I would and would not do. Right. It wasn't a major factor in my decisions uh-huh. where I would go or where I wouldn't go. It was just kind of culture. It was nom- like nominal Christianity. It was nom- nominal Christianity because, I mean, if, if, I, growing up in black, sort of in black culture, Christianity is, if not followed, it is at least respected. Right. I mean, folks would, you know, come from That's doing a- something wild and at least turn the music down passing by a church yeah, or a fact. putting your drink behind you or that's, whatever that's it a may fact. be. That's a fact. Yeah. So we have a strong Christian tr- tradition. Absolutely. But that was not in my heart. Right. So in, in, and when I say in my heart, I mean that which determined, like sort of steered what direction I would go as a man. So when Jeremy was doing that at 16 years old, it was phenomenal to me. I saw Jeremy two weeks later outside eating lunch. I walked up to his table. There was a CD on the front. Uh, excuse me, there was a CD on the table that had a man on the front cover who had dreadlocks, kind of like mine. He had a red bandana going across his forehead, a red bandana going across his mouth, and the title of the project was Bloody Streets Volume 1. Right. So I saw that, saw that as an opportunity <clears throat> to bring Jeremy down to my level. You ain't so saved, are you? Uh-huh. You got this bank robber, Lil Wayne-looking gentleman here. You know, you're supposed to be, you know, Yo, you, you, you talk about you Christian. You got to remember the nine Trey Bloods. Hey, what you doing? Free smoke, free smoke. <laughs> free smoke, free On the cover, right, I'm sitting, sitting I on know his... Takashi's going to call. Takashi, yeah, I know he a nine Trey Blood member. So anyways, I'm like, yo, what's going on with that? And he was like, yo, this is Christian rap. I was like, come on, bro. There's no way. Now, I don't got no degree at Lifeway Christian bookstores, but there's no way that they have this on the shelf there. Right. My guy. He said, no, nah, this is actually Christian music. You take it home and be the judge. He, and I always say that he had this vibe about him that I felt immediately that I should be careful about how I speak about the way that God can use. I should be careful about the way I talk about who God can and cannot use. Right. And you could be trampling over the work of the spirit which means that it's a bigger problem than just this man's image. Exactly. You're coming against the work of God. Right. I felt that in the moment, like, yo, I need to tread lightly. Mm-hmm. So I took this mug home, and it had eight songs on it. I loved every single song. The eighth song was a gospel presentation. Right. And by God's grace, in my grandmother's house, I believed on Jesus, and I have been walking with him ever since. The Bloody Streets Volume 1 title was communicating how the blood of Jesus flows from Calvary to the streets. Right. That the sins of those that uh, we grew up with. I mean, he raps about our context. Right. It was very contextualized. Oh, my goodness. To our neighborhood and where we're from. Absolutely. Amen. He was reading my mail. He saw who I was looking to be like in my pursuits. And he also spoke to this deep darkness that was brewing inside of me that was bubbling up in the thoughts of suicide, doubt, and all sorts of other failures. Right, right. He saw all of it in the music. And it won me to Jesus. And I am here by God's grace as a result. So that was my initiation into the force of what Christian hip-hop is Fast forward a year or so later, I start a job at Sweet Bay, mm-hmm. grocery store in the hood that you will hear talked about several times on many this show. Many a time on this show. Uh, many a time. Many a time. 
there I met a brother named Amin the Dream, Green Machine, with no lean, but he's got an ultralight beam, Hudson. This dude. This is where I met this brother. Mm -hmm. And then I introduced him to another rapper right. that I had gotten got that I was introduced to via entering this uh this world this mm -hmm. sort of ecosystem of Christian hip hop yep. named Flame the mm -hmm. St. Louis dude mm -hmm. and then I begin to share Flame's music with Amin and I'll let you take it over from there yeah so what happened it was crazy because this was a, a God's providential appointment because at the time um in my life I was going to church because I was being convicted for my sin what happened was my mom ended up taking me to a Christian bookstore one day. She bought me an NLT Bible, put my name on the front. You know, you, you did put the name on the front in the gold. You yes. know what I'm saying? I felt super. I, I was like, man, God is <laughs> this, happy with me for doing this. This is a step in the right this direction. Is, I know I'm taking a step in the Heaven right direction. Is rejoicing. Yes. Because I just bought a Bible, <laughs> yes. right? So my mom took me. She took me there, uh, bought me the Bible or whatever. Um, and then I think that one day I came across the Ten Commandments. And as I was reading them, I was like, man, I didn't broke all of these mugs. And uh, I started being convicted, like, yo, man, this is, I, I know that, I feel like God is angry with me. That's the only way, that's mm. the, I didn't have the vocabulary at the time to describe what was really happening. Wow. But the only, the, the only thing that I would say is that God is angry with me. Mm. That's what I felt. Yeah. And uh, like the wrath of God was abiding on me, mm. uh, like the scriptures say. So uh, every morning I would wake up and I would just feel like God was angry with me. Mm. And I was like, dude, God, I just feel like God is like. Like we out of sync. We're, we're out of sync. Like yeah. I feel like I feel like there's this cloud following me around, which is God's anger, which is exactly what the scriptures say about the wrath of God abiding on people. Yeah. That don't um that that don't believe. I you think sort about, of have His displeasure. Right. Yeah. Um. I think about uh when it talks about God like having the arrows aimed at you. It's just quivering and waiting to Jonathan let go. Edwards. Yes. Jonathan Edwards um, analogy. Yeah. And I and I was you know I was like man that's how I felt. Um, so I was walking around with guilt. I was walking around feeling like that. Um, I was walking around, uh, saying, man, I have to do something about this. So what I started doing is I started driving myself to church and I would sit in the service. I'd be like, man, this is so boring. This is so, I was just, just none of this makes sense to me. I'm yeah. not interested in it. Yeah. And I stopped driving myself to church and then, uh, I was just like trying to read the Bible. I remember the the, the watershed moment for me with the, in in this context was I was sitting in front of I was sitting in, on the front steps of my mom's house reading the Bible, the NLT for yeah. all you know. Uh, so you know, it wasn't a problem of like really trying to understand what was that actually being was saying. Like, <laughs> Jesus and his twelve. Yeah, homies. I wasn't right. Jesus and his twelve homeboys. So Jesus was with the gang. Yeah, and they rolled on down to Jerusalem. <laughs> and when he got out the car, he let Mark out the back. Out the car. So well, we're just trying to contextualize. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Um, so when I, I was reading the NLT, and uh, I didn't understand. It was like reading hieroglyphics. I was like, I don't understand none of this stuff. None of this stuff is intriguing to me. I don't like this. I was I was trying to stop cursing. I was trying to stop, you know, lusting. I was trying to stop all of this stuff, and I couldn't stop. And I remember I closed the Bible, and I said, this is impossible. Mm. I was like, this wow. is impossible. Nobody can do this because yeah. I was white-knuckling it. I, had no, I, I didn't know anything about repentance, but I was trying to earn my salvation, wow. earn my way into God's uh, good graces. And uh, I was like, this is impossible. I was like, this is impossible. Nobody can wow. do this. And if anybody is, is doing this or saying that they're doing this, they're lying. They're lying. Yeah, they're there's no way. Because yeah. I've tried with all my might and it right. doesn't work. So um, I gave up. But I but there was still a part of me that was like, man, I really want to know God. I don't want God to be angry with me. Mm. That was my mind. My mind was just like, I don't want God to be mad with me. And I feel like he is. 
So uh, I gave up and I ended up getting a job at Sweet Bay. Um, and uh, long story short, I was putting in applications everywhere. Uh, other people were getting hired left and right. I wasn't getting hired. This is I was like 15 years old, high school. Uh, and um, yeah, I was I was I, I I got the job at Sweet Bay, and I was I was like, man, because Sweet Bay was getting built at the time. Sure. So they said, hey, man, we, we you got the job, but you can't work until like another three months when we build this mug. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, I need money right now, shout out. Right. <laughs> I need money you know what right saying? now. I need a pistol right <laughs> now, shout out. Um, no, so I was like, I need money right now, man. I can't wait for that, but. It, Lo and behold, in God's sovereignty, I had to. So when I got there, got to uh, orientation, I met KB there. And I just was like, man, there's something different about this dude. But we connected right away. Sure. Uh, me and you were w- with each other the talk whole about orientation. Like battle raps. Yeah, yeah. talk about battle rap, all that stuff. Yeah. I remember, i never forget, KB had orange and white Jordan Dub Zeros on. Yes. And I was you like, man, remember? this. Yeah, because remember, I was a sneakerhead. I was, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I was like, man, this cat got the Dub Zeros on. Shout out to preachers and sneakers, man. They're yeah. doing the work of God. Wow. How many people are getting saved Bruh. by seeing Carl Lentz and Gucci slides? Got, Go ahead. Dog. Hey, you just made the point i had to it yeah. was the dub zero holla holla preachers and sneakers bro you were pastor up there in 320 dollars louis vuitton sweater talking about jesus <laughs> free smoke, free smoke. <laughs> but um but yeah so i remember that and then me and kb connected so then at when i found i actually found out that kb was a christian because i was trying to give him a ride home now if y'all don't know hold on KB lived right across the street from the grocery store. Yeah. Literally. You can walk to the grocery store from his house. Yeah. We got out of the grocery store one night at like 10 o'clock. I was like, yo, let me give you a ride home. I had the black BMW yes. coupe at the time. You hear me? 1988. Come on. Paid in full. Come on. Money making Mitch coupe. <laughs> you feel me? So I said, yo, um, let me give you a ride home. He was like, nah, bro, I, I, I live right across the street. I was like, bro, let me give you a ride to the crib. He was like, nah, I live across the street. It makes no sense. And I, I don't know why, but I was like, bro, let me give you a ride home. And he yeah. was like, all right, cool. I, he hopped in the car, had some hip hop on. He was like, oh, you know, I, I rap, man. I, and he was like, I do Christian rap. And I remember in my mind, I was like, first of all, Christian rap? Come on, son. Now, mind you, at the time, I was rapping and I was in a group called Street Kings. Yeah, we were bat. We were like battling. I was battling cats in school a, a lot. I was. We were battling people outside of school, and um, yeah. So I was with a group called Street Kings. A lot of dudes from the streets was in it. We were just battling everybody. So when KB told me that he rapped, I was like, everybody raps. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was thinking in my mind. I didn't say, say that to him. But when he said he did Christian rap, I was like, Christian rap? How does that I work? I was like, how does that work? I just Christian rap, like like oh, like Kirk Franklin, like yeah. that's what I'm thinking in my mind. And then, um, you know, we, we chopped it up. So then later on, he was like, yo, uh, he was telling me about this Christian rapper named Flame. And uh, he let me hear some of his stuff. And I, this is the crazy thing. I used to roll up to KB's house, like, blasting, like, Joel Santana and all of that stuff. Yeah. And uh, I remember KB uh, one day, I, I, went to, I went up to him. I said, yo, is God mad at me for, like, listening to Joel Santana? I was, like, asking KB all these questions because when I met him and I found out he was a Christian, I was like, he defies everything that I, I think a Christian is because I'm thinking Christian's wearing you know, they wear suspenders and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. slacks. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this cat got on dub zeros. He talks like me. You know, he's into hip hop. So I was like, man, okay, this is a Christianity I've never seen before. So I started asking him everything. What does God think about this? What does God think about that? What does God think about this? What does God think about that? He went answer everything, answer everything. Then he put me on the flame. He let me hear some stuff from flame. I was like, yo, this sounds like what I listen to. Mm. But they talk about God. And I was like, man, this just feels right. Like this is, yeah, like I, I, I felt like, this is what I have been waiting for. Sure. Right? Yeah. And um, so one day I was in the house. KB, you know, was telling me about the gospel. He gave me that same album that he listened to. Yeah. He, he left me in his room with an MP3 player and some headphones. And he said, look, bro, if you're really serious about following after the Lord Jesus Christ, 
there's a prayer at the end of this song, man. You should say it, man, and 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 be serious about it. And I listened to the song. The dude was giving a gospel presentation. This this was a culmination of everything for me in my life because I felt like, man, I was trying to go to church. I felt like God was mad at me. I didn't know how to get him to stop being mad at me. I knew I was sinning. Didn't know what to do about it. Then I met this dude. Then I'm hearing this Christian rap music that's cool. Then um, I'm hearing this gospel presentation, and the gospel presentation was like a call. I felt like everything in my life had uh, been set up for this moment. Mm. So I repented. And uh, I remember KB gave me the MP3 player. He said, yo, you can take this home. And it was like 150, whole bunch of different Christian hip-hop songs sure. on there. So he was like, just listen to all the songs, man. And I remember I took it home. I found the song again. I went into my bathroom. I remember I like cut out all the lights, and I got on my knees, <laughs> and spirit, I looked, the out, the, moves I looked the, out the bathroom what window you put into a the sky. On too? You put a candle on? Oh, man, it? you put a candle on, the you get a little oil. Oh. <laughs> you put a little slow music on, and the spirit is coming, bro. He's like, I am I on like this. the way. I like this. So, uh, um, yeah, I got on my knees again in the bathroom, man, and I was like, man, I just want to make sure that I'm like, that I'm saved. That's what, yeah, that's what yeah, I was yeah, thinking. Yeah. So I said the prayer again, man. I was like, man, Lord, I'm, you know, I repent, man. I just want you to come into my heart and change me. And ever since, dog, I've been, I've been, you know, serving the Lord. KB started discipling me, showing me how to read the Bible, showing me what concordance was, showing me how to study the Bible, all that stuff. And then, um, I went out and bought Flames rewind okay flames first album yeah and then i was like this is amazing then i took my 60 dollars check Ooh. and i went to the christian bookstore and bought the truth uh the faith lecrae's real talk uh i can't remember what else but i, I it was all cmr stuff sure, cross movement sure. and uh and uh man that's what just helped me grow in the faith ever since man. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know i what remember saying? i remember um yeah, because typically people want to know about like what was the moment like right. three forty eight you were lost three forty nine you were yeah. saved and I even think about what's happening with Kanye right now mm-hmm. where this this cultural icon is like returning again to this very Jesus centered right. like talk because he had Jesus walks back in the day he right. would talk about his faith and stuff like that seemed to have veered very far from that yes. now he's sort of making this U-turn back into this space but he's much deeper today than he was even when he first came out right. with Jesus walks he said that's thanks to Chance the Rapper oh Chance oh did he, did he credit yeah. that to, they, to he, he, he credited Chance the Rapper for getting him you know back in touch with his faith sure sure yeah. but we typically want to think about it. We typically have been taught to think about salvation as this kind of moment. Moment, like right. it's like you know, you felt it. Like uh-huh. it was like I could. He, Jesus rushed into my heart, and it does happen that way right. often. But in both of our conversion, it can our stories can sound like it was a minute by minute thing. No, I can't pinpoint exactly when it was something that went from a seed to a tree. Right. I don't know when it was being watered. I don't know. All I know is something happened over the process of hearing the gospel and then continuing to walk with Jesus through discipleship. Yeah. And I think that there's a powerful moment there uh, that I want to bring at, bring out about how God saves us. Yes. That it isn't necessarily, because folks have these very, like these world, I got hit by a car and I saw an angel come down. They have these moments where God like writes on their ceiling or something Mm -hmm, crazy mm -hmm. like that. Or like this moment where they can, they can like feel the the sort of uh, blinders leaving their eyes. Right. Yeah, that happens. But man, for some folks, especially kids that grow up in Christian households, Uh it really is just, it really is God putting enough in you to desire him 
and then continuing to trust him as that baby faith turns into mm -hmm. toddler faith and toddler faith into adult faith. Right. And it's like how growing works. It's a, pro it's a progress. It's progressive. Absolutely. Yeah. That moment came to a head for me the day that we were outside my grandmother's house and this girl was walking up. These uh -huh. two girls are walking up to us. Right. That was and me and KB out there. We were outside. I mean, and I outside. This is when I was like, yo, because you, you have thoughts like, man, is this real? Is he? Well, you know, yeah. We talk, we, we talk about my faith. Yo, talking about Amin's faith. Right. I'm like, what? Isn't that supposed to be fireworks or something like that? Not even thinking that I didn't have fireworks. I just trusted Jesus and then started putting one foot after the other, uh -huh. and there was strength for me along the way. Right. But then you hear all these stories of conversion, and you think it's something that is fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. well, I was addicted to heroin, and then the next moment I was. Then not. the Lord came to me in a vision, and I never touched smack again a day <laughs> of my life. Yeah, like that's how. Real I, quick, because this is not what this episode is about, right. but. I think it's something powerful because even when I was, we, we sort of bring a kind of criticalness to Kanye West when we're like, is this real? Mm -hmm. Like, is this really going to last? Mm -hmm. I remember that day we were outside of my grandmother's house, you and I, these two girls walked up and they, you know, were, you know, like seeing what was up with us. Right. We quickly switched the conversation yeah. to sharing the gospel. Right. We started to walk through sin and redemption and repentance mm -hmm. and all of a sudden over our shoulder we saw a bunch of kids running it's like sprinting <laughs> they were, across, out, they were across the street yeah. yes yeah across the street kids were running everywhere and there was a man at the center of them going to his car angrily this young lady stops me and says hold on she a second she literally stopped kb mid-sentence and then yeah. she hits the hundred yard dash okay to the car and she's pleading with her brother. And then as we begin to assess the situation and we hear the cries of the kids running away, he was going to, so he was a dope boy. It was right. a, a trap house across the street from my grandmother's house. Yeah. He was a dope boy going to his car to get his gun mm -hmm. to come confront me. And I mean, I immediately said to myself, <laughs> it's time to go in the house. Oh. Then I made that public. Right. I said, I mean, let's go ahead and get on in, brother. Amin responds to me with a flame lyric. He says, since we all got to die, KB, let's die in the field. Mm -hmm. I think we should stay out here and finish this conversation when she comes back. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I mean, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I was, I mean, yes, was going to say. We, we I was just wondering we was going to go in the house and I get some like, water. Some water and we'll run right back right, out. Right, right. Man, it was in that moment that I learned so much about how God works faith mm -hmm. that man that he will be start a work in someone and you may even think that you're further along in the process than they are mm -hmm. because you've been around longer right because right. i'm looking at i mean like i'm the strong disciple in you and in that moment i was like no the spirit of god is doing the work in both of us right. mm -hmm. and i mean is actually further along in his trust for jesus than i am and I'm seeing like, man, this is the power. This is why I think the Bible says it's baby faith, man. Right. It's the faith of a child right. that's pure and strong because it just believes. And oftentimes as you progress in Christ, uh -huh. you can find yourself getting away right. from a baby faith and getting more into a scientific, I need everything explained. I don't like right. how my life is turning out the way I thought it would kind of faith. Right, right. And I was struck by how simple that, that faith is that that can... Uh, safely house a baby playing in in sort of a uh, waist high water, but it's also deep that it can drown an elephant. Mm. That's what faith is. So when I think about Kanye West, I had to drop the flex. When I think that. about Kanye West, yeah, I think 
Number one, every single celebrity that has trusted Jesus and kept on trusting him for years to come, like your boy from the clips, No Malice. Malice, yeah, No Malice. Uh, like Jin. Yes. Um, like um, uh, Pretty Willie, uh-huh. who is uh, um, Willie Moore Jr. Willie Moore Jr., yep. All of these individuals had a moment in time where they begin to see the life that they were living as exhausting. Mm-hmm. They were, then they became desperate for Jesus, and they started to transition out. Mm-hmm. Men, a lot of folks don't make it over. Right. But everyone that does goes through this stage, and the first thing they want to start doing is singing about Jesus. Right. They start talking about Jesus, and in addition to that, they're often met with the criticism of Christians. Of Christians. Yeah. So when I, yeah, so, I remember when that was happening with Malice. It's like because I was watching all of Malice's videos at the time that he he had he had these short videos that he was making, and they were uh you know like and he was rapping in them, but he was still rapping you know a little some crazy stuff. But he it was very he had a lot of Bible centered stuff in it. Right. And I was like, man, I think God is doing something with Malice. But I remember like all the all of the Christians were like. Man, no, he's nah. sacrilegious and yes, all he's of supposed stuff. to be doing these right. things. And if people don't actually remember the clips, Malice had always had some kind of religious undertones in his music. Sure. Even the first album of the clips had Jesus in the backseat of the, the 6'4", if you look at the album cover wow, art. Wow, wow, wow. So his progression in faith seems like it was from the, even from when Grinding came Man, out. the spirit of God it was could be moving. This is what I'm saying. This you know? is the, the, the depth, the, the simplicity and the complexity of faith, man. Right. That we should know very well. Given the fact that if people were to come to uh, come at me or come at you right. the way that we come at celebrities, oh, where, where if I was a public if I was a public figure, it's like hold up, rolling up your house, bumping Joel Santana yeah, and still, all that. You said that you experienced Jesus right. the other day, but nobody. Because here's the thing, man. The point that I'm trying to make is first of all, everybody who is a public person is going to have a public transformation. True. And the tunnel that they have to pass through is a stage right. where they are sort of. You know, uh, uh, they're light mixed with darkness in ways that make Christians feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They have to go through that. Right. And, and by God's what grace, way? Yeah. many have. And remember, you went through that. Yes, that's what we forget. If we can play back a tape of your first year in Christ, you definitely felt more spiritually than spiritual than you actually were. Right. And we forget that because yes. we're not public figures. That's and, right. and we're not uh, every move, every progression in our faith is not being looked at, criticized, seen publicly by thousands, millions a- of people. Absolutely. Right. So I think that it's important to remember that this is how it happens. The other thing, too, is that I think that it also identifies that if God rejoices in small faith, why can't we? Right. If God does not um, look at the wicked and take pleasure in their destruction, why, my friends, are we sort of taking a stance towards people who are starting to sort of like uh, open up to the things of God and almost hope that it's not real. Right. It's like, if it's real, okay. A lot of it is so that we could tell everybody, oh, I told you so. That's right. That's right. And that's pride. This (laughs) is what I'm saying, man. To me, it is important for us to rejoice when we see grace at work, no matter how small it is. If Mm -hmm. somebody comes around us in Tampa, man, who just is not getting it right, Mm -hmm. we A, see ourselves in them because I am constantly not getting it right either. And we also, B, rejoice that they're coming around. Just come around. If you sing about Jesus, it it reminds me what um, uh, Augustine said. He said Uh that he who sings, uh, he who sings praise twice. That whenever someone is singing to God, that there is 
the the words that are being said, right. that you're actually connecting if you're saying truthful things about Jesus. Then there's also the fact that music is worship. So there's like this thing on top of yeah, it's it, like this, dual. Where this sort of dual connection with the holy. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to put these kind of qualifications on who can sing true things about Jesus. Mm. I don't want to do that. I want to have, listen, Jesus is king is the name of your album. You're right. Jesus is king. And I will praise God for that. As Paul says in Mm. Philippians, there are individuals who are out preaching the gospel from envy and rivalry who are intentionally trying to make things harder for me. Right. This is... I almost feel like Paul's describing what we the situation that we're in. Right. Because we're like, you know, these celebrities get up and they're talking about Jesus yeah. and it confuses what people right. think about God. Then and the hypocrisy make, makes the hypocrisy it worse for us. And it right. makes it harder for me. I don't think that Paul would take the stance of, so the best thing to do is to try to mute them <laughs> and then to get to, to meet them with so much skepticism it's not even, that yeah. even if it is real, we do not incentivize their repentance with open arms. Right. We're not the father looking at the prodigal son like, wow, I pray to God that this is real. Right. I, I rejoice at what I see in you that seems to be real. Mm-hmm. The true things that are being said. Heaven and earth has not revealed some of the things. Excuse me. Earth has not revealed many of the things that Kanye West is saying right now. Right. Some things only come from heaven. Right. They, they do. You know, he so says some good things about like some things. it's not just about being a good person. Absolutely, we we think that just being a good person is enough. I was like, whoa, yes. hey, that's... even if heaven has revealed that to somebody else and he's just parroting right. it, he might... it is true, right? And it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. If Kanye's life is not caught up with his profession, then we ought to give lots of room for grace for that very problem, right? Because brother. That's the problem that we have. Daily. It's just not being recorded. Right. So I'm wanting to be very careful. I want to be very careful with how I sort of qualify people's faith. Mm -hmm. And I want to hope for the best. Love hopes for the best. Right. Love praise. I mean, I don't want to hear your critique if if you have not prayed that the Lord would take this thing deeper. A lot of people are critiquing more than they're praying. For sure. A lot of people are are critiquing before they're praying. Absolutely. Because I think it reveals that our heart is basically, I don't know if I can really, what if it isn't real? What if it isn't real? Right. Listen, the truth of God that we hold on should be strong enough that a Kanye, this is what I do when I actually get opportunities to, uh, to like disciple or minister to or do Bible studies with celebrities. That when they come to me, I know that they have assumptions. Uh-huh. That the privilege that they get as being celebrities or professional athletes, right. that the, rec- the, re- the rest of society sort of treats them differently. They get free stuff all the time. They yeah, get yeah. A, a seat at the table that nobody else gets. They're used to a kind of privilege. access and right. privilege. I make it very clear from the door. I am so excited that you love Jesus. I am so excited that you're here. I know that you have lots of issues that are going on in your life, but they are not a blocker from your relationship with God as you are repenting of them and running, running towards Christ. There is grace for you. However, you step into this Bible study as a man just like everybody else in this circle. Right. There is no special kind of Christianity for popular people. Right. All of us are to pick up our cross and die daily and follow Jesus. When that was written, Jesus had everybody in mind. Amen. Everybody in mind, no matter what your social status is, right. you are given a cross to bear. And when you are here, you will be governed by it or Christ is not your Lord. Right. That doesn't mean you don't struggle. But we take a a particular stance that if Christ is to be Lord of our lives, then what he says matters Mm -hmm. and it has to affect our mistakes and our failures. There's grace there and there's direction there. Truth 
and grace, man. Right. There's grace for your mistakes and truth for your new direction. For your for your sort of I know what I'm aiming towards. Uh-huh. And that what is what I would say. Hold on to that. If Kanye's coming around, we won't dumb down our truth. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we're not gonna make the man a pastor, which is the temptation for some. They're like, right. yo, you love Jesus, you got a lot of followers. Right. You should be a pastor. No, that would be trading the truth. Right. The truth of the of, of scripture comes with lots to say about who should be leading. It comes mm-hmm. with lots to say about what it means to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, if you feel deceived by that, if you're looking at that and being like, yo, I feel like it's a stumbling block for me, don't listen to it. Mm -hmm. But you do not get a pass to not pray and to rejoice where grace can be found. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, that, all that to say, that moment, that moment that day when we were sitting there, uh, when we were outside talking to that girl, right. taught me so much about how faith works. Yeah. And it's not like you got the giants and you got the folks who are just holding on. Man, you have the Spirit of God, and then all of us are here leaning on Jesus. And in moments, you may have big faith uh-huh. where someone uh, that just got here has has small faith, and it may be the other way around, but this is the complexity of what it means to follow Jesus. Right. Anyways, w- huge sidebar, and that probably need to be cut out and made its own episode. But- Back to Christian hip hop. So it's very clear to to me that Christian hip hop is a good, powerful thing yeah. in this world yeah. and has absolutely changed our lives. Now, fundamental, fundamental in our walk. Fundamental. Moving forward. So, in recent time, this isn't much of a conversation now, especially considering the fact that Chance the Rapper, NF, and Kanye West don't mind being called public Christians. Right. And to have Christianity attached to their art. I was shocked that in the height of a a lot of this debate that we've had around being a rapper that's a Christian or a Christian rapper, Chance the Rapper, arguably one of the most influential artists in our time, comes out and says, you can tell your friends that your favorite rapper is a Christian rapper. Three years ago, I was on my tour bus. And I had a gentleman come to the show who was, I would say, a part of the Christian hip-hop movement. Okay. I, I don't think Christian hip-hop is a genre yet. You can argue that it's a sub-genre of CCM. Right. right, right, right. But it's more of a movement. And we can talk more about what a movement is here in a second. Uh-huh. But he was definitely an influencer. And he wasn't an artist, but an executive who helped to sort of shape the sound of, um, so, excuse me, shape the direction of what the music that was produced by Christian hip-hop artists. Uh He came to my show, and I feel like, in a lot of ways, he quantified for me all the concerns that I had about Christian hip-hop in his critique of my show. So he's sitting on my tour bus, and he says he wants to push back on me and Triple E. So you and Triple E had a set. So me and Triple E, it's our show. It's a tour date. And he says, "You want to push back against? I want to. Put, I want to challenge y'all. I actually want to challenge y'all on some stuff." I was like, "What's that?" He says, "Now keep in mind, today we rebel just came out. This okay. is two years ago. I'm sorry. Today we rebel just came out, and this gentleman says to me, you all need to move away from the Christian hip hop sound.' That was one thing. What is move that? Move away from the Christian hip hop sound.'" What is that? Is there Christian hip-hop drums and synthesizers and horns? That's right. And I'm on this Christian hip-hop bus. Yeah. We got the wheels from Lifeway Christian Bookstore. The driver's a pastor. This whole thing, man. 
Well, to be fair, it's not a Christian bus. It's a bus that is a Christian. Oh, gosh. Gotcha. So gotcha. anyways, joking. That's the free smoke, free smoke. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm, I'm messing with y'all. Anyways, so we're, we're on the bus. He says, I want to first say that today we rebel, you know, needs to get away from the Christian hip-hop sound. He also says that you, you need to consider a set of other artists who were being more strategic in reaching the world by reducing the amount of Jesus in the music, hmm. by or, or at least having Jesus as a silver lining, but not having him as the point. Yeah, it's not as explicit. Right, not as explicit. That was his other point. He also said that he took um, kind of challenge, he was challenged by the fact that we were doing majority of our tour dates in churches. Then he began to name other artists as well who said that they don't do churches anymore. They only do clubs or uh-huh. theaters. And these are the type of adjustments that they are making so that they can reach the, uh, the kind of people who are in the mainstream. And he began to go on and on. I won't get into all of the details. I'm just going to get into my response. He began to go on and on about our call and the direction of Christian hip-hop in general to live in the mainstream. That that is kind of the promised land of kind of being Christians in hip-hop instead of making Christian hip-hop. And fundamentally, that this is the mission, that this is how we can be more missional, how we can reach people, all right? Now, let me say I did not respond to that um, non-defensively. Right. I Triple E actually was there. He pulled me aside uh, later and said, brother, I feel like he could have handled that better. Uh-huh. Let me just confess that because I was definitely bothered by what he was saying. Right. The first thing that I said to him was, brother, what is a Christian hip-hop sound? All the producers that we work with mainly make production for non-Christian right. artists. They're industry producers. The industry producers. How are we then getting them to do something? Like, it's not like they're getting their beat packs from... You know, hey, man, the you uh, uh, move that Swiss beats, uh, beat pack off. Yes. And then go ahead and put that Matt Chandler beat pack put on Put the there. Matt Chandler beat pack. Like, Chandler. Put that uh, D.A. Carson uh, beat pack on Like there. the Tritons that they're playing, that, that they're playing their keys on. Right, are, right. Are, are exclusively made for churches. There's, like, what do you mean Christian, Christian hip-hop sound. sound? Right. What do you mean? And as we boiled it down, what he had to admit is he wasn't talking about the sound. He was talking about the message. He's talking about the content. He's talking about the content, which is what makes Christian hip-hop Christian hip-hop. Exactly. The content. Right. You can sing, rap, dance, whatever it may be. If Jesus is at the center of it, then that's what sort of, in people's mind, right. pushes it into a Christian category. Yes, Christocentric you know I mean? content. The goal of it. Yeah. The goal of it is to try to introduce people to Jesus right. in an explicit way. Right. So that's what you're taking challenge issue, with. Issue with. You have challenge with that. Now, let me pause for a second and say this, I mean, I am a massive proponent for Christians infiltrating non-Christian music, making non-Christian music. Right. Completely, I think we need more of that. Likewise. I think it's important. I'm always bringing up John Bellion, who's one of my favorite artists in the world. Shout out to John Bellion. You cannot listen to John Bellion without walking away asking questions, in my opinion. Right. No, I, I agree. And my wife, we just actually got done seeing John Bellion in a concert Live. a couple months ago. That's right. Uh, yeah, I think that just like we have, we are very passionate about Christians influencing and infiltrating culture in 
the world outside of music, which is what we usually do every day because we live Christians, for most of our lives in culture. That's right. We're not, the majority of us as Christians are not living our lives in a church or in church ministries. We are living and working and moving and breathing in the real world and we what have to engage point. it, right? Yeah. So we look at music as no different. That's we, right. We, that you should, even as a Christian within the music industry, we believe that there are, are, are believers there that should be engaging the music industry. The, if, I hate the secular sacred divide sure. uh, issue, but for the lack of be- lack of better terms, the secular mainstream music industry. Absolutely. So you should be engaging that with redemption in mind, with truth in mind, all of that. Absolutely. Yes. A- and abs- shout out to John Bellion. <laughs> so yeah, J- John Bellion is an amazing right. artist. And I'm telling you, brother, that is an amazing point about this entire thing mm-hmm. because... When we look at folks like Chris Pratt or Denzel Washington or super like celeb, super popular celebrity like figures who love Jesus, we see them as doing something that is different from what we do every day. Right. We see them as man. Look at them bringing light to this dark Hollywood. Right. Right. They're right. standing up for Jesus <laughs> and what they will and will will not do. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, most Christians. I'm gonna just throw a figure out there. Ninety nine percent of Christians are doing ministry in the mainstream. This is, yeah, this is the majority This is of the us, air yeah. we breathe. All of us are at, at workplaces that, are, as you've already mentioned, are, that are not explicitly Christian. It's not church stuff. Uh-huh. The folks that are doing explicitly church stuff are ministers and rappers like us. Right. So one of the, one of the, the, the issues that I felt in approaching this conversation is that we are distancing ourselves from what Christians have been doing for almost all of history. Mm -hmm. That we think we're entering into this world that nobody's been in, uncharted territory. How do we navigate our faith in these these sort of sections and uh, parts of the industry and the world where there aren't many Christians? So you're you're saying that you think that Christians being in the industry is is something different, that we're treating that like it's something different than what's happened. That's right, which causes us to overthink it. Right. So we we, we, We we begin begin to overthink it because we really, and I get it, if you feel in your heart that this is uncharted, Mm -hmm. then no one knows what it's like to basically be the only Christian in the... uh, sort of uh, mainstream. mainstream or the secular environment, of course you'll start to lead a path that won't be informed by anything by, but what you think is right. right. And maybe some of the folks that are around you. Uh-huh. It needs to be grace for that. We don't need to jump all over that if that's where the assumption that you're working from. Right. But what I'm saying is I think that the assumption is off. I think that we have a lot to learn from the, the average, I hate to say it this way, but the average Joe Christian who has lived their entire life in the mainstream. Right. They've had to navigate sharing their faith and being around those who don't want to hear it. Exactly. They've had to navigate doing a good job, right? Not sort of replacing uh, good work with evangelistic effort. Exactly. I'm, I, I, I've made, I've made the, many mistakes sure. doing that. I should be working <laughs> As a person in the mainstream. when I'm listening to a sermon or We've I'm sharing it. the gospel. Uh, yes. So I'm stealing money from my employer, but mm-hmm. it's worth it mm-hmm. because I'm actually— uh, Sanctifying our rebellion. That's right. So we don't want to do that. No. But there's a lot that, to be learned from that. And I think and this is a part of the power of community. But I digress. The point that I'm making is that we need to encourage and be proponents of those— who are going out into the world and living for Jesus outside of Christian context. Just because Jesus is not first in your music does not mean he's not first in your life. Very true. Pursue that. We need to encourage that. Disciple people in that. There's this thing that Oz Guinness had about um, 
calling right. and vocation. Mm-hmm. There's a long series on it. One of the things that Oz Guinness says that there's a primary and a secondary calling. Right. He says that our primary calling, no matter where we are, there's a primary call- calling that oversees, and, and it's an overarching reality for everything we do, and that is we are here to love Jesus and make Jesus known. That's the primary call. I don't care what you're doing. If you're putting wrappers on bottles of water, uh-huh. if you are then preaching uh, on Sunday morning, you're primary calling is exactly the same, mm-hmm. which brings value to our lives no matter where we are. Right. But there's another kind of value that comes as well, that your secondary calling is the particular ways in which you are a part of taking care of God's world and connecting people to the primary calling. Right. And you can do that through rapping. You can do that through singing, through dancing, through engineering, through being a lawyer, being a firefighter, firefighter, whatever it may be. There's a myriad of ways in which your second secondary calling may come into place. But never forget... That the purpose of your secondary calling is to point people to the primary calling of all humanity. Amen. Therefore, C.S. Lewis says that there's a powerful apparatus. There's a powerful ethic and discipline to, to evangelize the imagination. Right. I love that he says that. It's a powerful evangelizing phrase. Evangelizing the imagination. Evangelize the yep. imagination. Right. Don't lose sight of that, that you find Aslan and you interact with them. And it's sort of like when you're talking to somebody and you didn't know that who they were. Like, did you know that was the CEO of Apple that you're just talking to? What? It's like Forrest Gump. That's right. Like Forrest Gump. Like right. you, don't, you don't feel it. But then that's what we do. People who get to sort of proclaim the primary calling get to sort of tag team. Right. What you've done in your secondary calling, not when secondary does not mean lesser than. Exactly. It just means that it's they're, they're, it's all connected. It yeah. just means that it breaks down more uh, individually as uh-huh. opposed to being uh, primary mean overall. Right. So that we are in our day to day lives connecting people to their call, to the calling that God has on every human being in existence. Exactly. And we do that in tandem as tag team partners. That you will meet the Jesus that John Bellion is singing about in a very covert way. You will meet him explicitly when you listen to um, a a Lecrae. Right. So we work together, and we ought to see that. Now, let me say. Praise God for those who are who are pursuing that. We need to send more people out. However, I don't, I don't, I I trip over the thinking that there's music that is for the church and music that is from the church. Let me tell you why I trip over that. I trip over that because of the story we started this show with. Mm-hmm. Christian hip hop has always been for the world. Always. Always. I, I, I don't understand where we get off on that. We literally have heard Christian hip hop folks, and even when we've, you know, of course you're a Christian hip hop artist, but we have always heard other Christian hip hop artists say, I am making this so that people out there can hear it and be saved. Absolutely. I'm not making this, I'm not making these albums just to edify the church. Absolutely. It, it, of course, that's a part of it. Yes. But what I'm really, my album is largely evangel- evangelistic. Absolutely. I am I am hoping that someone who doesn't know Jesus will hear this yes. and come to know Jesus. Absolutely. Which means that this is not just for the church, this is for the world. Yes. And for the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't understand like how we've gotten to this this kind of bifurcation is either this either or like yes. I like like it's one or the other um I, it's it's yeah yeah I, I, that's like why I one cancels the other out Absolutely. I, 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 it's just weird and that would be my word to Christian hip-hop artists do not do not feel like you have to accept that you are either going to 
be relegated to a church, right? Or or you're going to thrive in the world. That's they, that is not your dilemma, right? Here is the thing: the church is going to fund it. Yeah, there's no way for us to do what we do if God's people are not providing the income for it. If you're a musical missionary, that's what happens. Yeah, it, it, if you're, is, you're, the church is supporting you. You go out and you yeah, come on, that's, man. That, that's the point. But don't think because the church is, and this is where we get into movement talk because yeah, I think that gotta, there's a reason why there's a reason why that kind of thinking that you either do stuff for the church or from the church that the reason why that became more of a sort of um, a popular thought with us is because two things happen. Number one, Christian hip hop made a turn out of mainly making songs that like when I think about real talk or flames projects, when I think of um, the early stuff that we did, mm -hmm. all of the analogies that we use, all the scenarios that we're pointing out, most of them were keeping in mind those from the South Side. We're, keep, we're, we're, we're trying to reach them. We're arguing we're with them. Who are you saying you got money, you got paper, who, so what, who cares? Who are you talking about primarily in that? Yeah, it's not You're about, talking not, about not, not us. You're a missionary to hip-hop who idolizes money. Right. So this is the... This is the, the kind of mindset that we had, but a shift happened when we began to make music that, that was mainly that which Spurgeon would call the gems of the Christian faith. Yeah. When you start rapping about election and predestination and eternal security from a theological standpoint, mm -hmm. when you start talking about ecclesiology right and uh soteriology, eschaton, soteriology. Yeah. right when you start talking about hermeneutics mm -hmm. the the things that i believe that charles spurgeon would call these are the these are the gems these are the um edwards had some stuff about this too that there are these things that god's people that we get to sort of um indulge ourselves and in. indulge ourselves right. in that, that people won't understand not for right. the broader culture. When we begin to rap about that more, this kind of came out of the cross movement phase uh -huh. with dudes going to seminary. I right. went to Bible college. A lot cops. of people were in seminary, a lot of people were taking what they were learning in the seminary, putting it in their music. And then putting the music. Yeah. That was not a bad thing. No, because we, we learned a lot. We learned a lot through that. Absolutely. We, and we were absolutely edifying God's people, which right. is great. Amen. Which is great. Not apologizing for that whatsoever. So that began to happen. So it then began to shift into something that you could not really play for your non-believing friends. Right, because I'm not going to have my non-believing friends and we're hearing a song about uh, Sibelianism yes. and, and, and exegeting and eisegeting passages. Right, 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 right. He right. doesn't know what the heck that means. And let's not, and, and, and again, I, I don't want to lose it because... Because I already said that that was good and edifying for yeah, believers. It's definitely However, I don't want to let that be understated either. It's so good for believers that I think that's why some of us are still walking with Jesus today. Amen. That stuff was powerful in our lives. There also was a second thing that happened. CCM, the multi-billion dollar Christian industry. Christian contemporary music. Is Christian contemporary music. That's what the analogy is. Yes. Free smoke, free smoke. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Come on. Christian contemporary music take, took interest in the Christian hip hop. Right. It and, did. And adopted it as its own, mainly through a couple guys. Mm -hmm. And as we begin to get into those circles and the collaborations and the tours begin to look different, the places that you were at, I felt convicted the other day. Brian Dye, shout out to Brian Dye of the shout Legacy out, Conference. Shout out. Uh, he's literally one of my, he's a living hero for me. He is. 
he was like, yo, I need you to do um, I need you to do the fest next year. So at Legacy Conference in July, which I encourage everyone to be a part of, it's the most important discipleship conference in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, especially for those who are doing urban ministry. I got my glowing endorsement, as you can see. He said, after the after the conference is over, it's a Thursday, it's a Friday, it's a, a Saturday, and on that Saturday morning, the last day of the conference, we go into Chicago. Uh, we go into the hood, and we do a concert, and we share the gospel, and we actually evangelize before the concert. So we go walk in the streets of Chi-Town. Right. Um, and uh, I, I remember one year that we did the, the, the festival, the day of that morning, uh, some little kids were shot in a drive-by shooting. Wow. So you're walking into this. We're you're walking, taking everything yeah. right, that right. you learned from this conference, and you're walking into the thick of the uh, the, the darkness that exists in many of uh, concentrated poverty areas, particularly in Chi-Town. So Brian says to me, I need you to do the fest next year. Because typically I fly out because it's always around my birthday, and I try to get back home to the family. Right. And I was like, yo, I'll let you know. And he said, when's the last time you've been able to do a concert for the hood? And I was like, dang. Yo, if I only did the shows that I was booked for, right? given the, you know, my affiliation and my sort of adoption as a Christian hip-hop artist um, who was Nexus CCM. You wouldn't really touch urban I areas. Wouldn't, I wouldn't even be there. Right. It w- I would... It, it, and, and if I wasn't, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm in an urban church, so we're doing urban ministry all the time. But outside of that, my music, though I'm still rapping about that, when are the opportunities where we go to the places that formed us, mm-hmm. that gave us the content, that that sort of uh, influenced our burden, uh, the whys that made us cry, as some folks say. Like, I do this because there are so many people who are lost and are hurting. Uh, there's a dark mainstream out there that needs Jesus. Right. That is what sparked you. And that's what I'm saying. Those two things happened. The theological emphasis and then the adoption of CCM sort of took us away from our roots in some ways. Mm-hmm. Now, let me say this, unless you want to jump in real no, quick. No, go ahead. There's a story of the, the origin of CCM. So there was a movement that was started out of the free love movement. The hippie okay. movement. It was the hippie movement. Where folks were like, we're, re- we're rebels. We sleep with, if it walks, we sleep with we're it. We're sleeping with it. You know what I'm saying? If, LSD, you got, if you got an LSD on deck. LSD was on make deck. Make sure to hand that to your boy. Yeah, slide it across. <laughs> you hear me? And as sin often does, it exhausts those who look to it for salvation. Right. It's a bad master. And all these hippies were exhausted. Right. And empty. And, and emptied right. by their own hedonism. Right? And out of their emptiness and their brokenness, Jesus steps on the scene. Right. And begins to flood these hippies into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Which started the Jesus People movement. Right. Time magazine literally did a cover story on them. Because the, the the kingdom of God was exploding with all these long haired, um, you know, bell bottoms, bell bottoms, flower shirts, the circle glasses, chest hair, the John Lennon glasses, <laughs> chest hair sticking out everywhere. Yes, no, yes. Go ahead. and their acoustic guitars and coffee shops. Right. And the first thing that they did, with respect to Kanye West, is they started singing. Mm-hmm. 
That's what was that's what happens. I'm right. thinking about Martin Luther quote right now. Music is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. It is divine and therefore Satan is its enemy, for with its aid many dire temptations are overcome. The devil does not stay where music is. Amen. This is Luther. Right. I wouldn't say the divine comment, but I te- definitely get what he's saying. Right. They're singing about Jesus is a liberating thing. Yes. And that's what they started doing. They started singing about Jesus. And, it can and wait, before yeah. you knew it, this countercultural movement turned into an entire industry called CCM. Mm-hmm. And then billions of dollars began to flood into this movement. Right. So it started as here's something here's the things that marked the beginning of the movement when it was exploding. Yeah. Right? And it's growing in a rate that has not grown since. This is in the late 1960s. Yeah. It was marked by one folks that wanted to be right with Jesus. Yeah. As you described in your testimony, like how do I get it right? Right. Well, someone's got to do it for you. Yeah. And he will bring you into his kingdom and you will walk with him all the way into eternity. It's great. Come to Jesus. Amen. So these people were pursuing that. So they were serious about their own uh, um, devotion, and they were serious about the way that they related to Jesus. The second thing they wanted to do a lot of was evangelize. Yeah. The hippie movement, CCM in its uh, genesis. In the nascent stages. Yes, my brother. <laughs> in its beginning, it existed to win people to Jesus. Right. That's what it was. Right. That's what the Jesus people were about. Right. The last thing that they did, they were serious about community. They were with each other. They stood with each other, and they sort of were gathered, and then mm-hmm. they scattered out, still in community. Yeah. So there was. We did this together. We were serious about our personal walk with Jesus, and we wanted other people to know Him. And those were the three things that marked that movement. Right. They took that community mug very seriously. They, they took were, it very seriously. I serious. think that some of them were even on communes. Mugs was like cats was, was like, living oh, on top of each other. This feels like a cult. They wanted that, they wanted that <laughs> mug to be like the 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 acts of the apostles. There you go. But, there you but go. hey, yeah. But you're right. That's how that movement started. By the way, that's how almost all movements start. Right. A countercultural, a authentic, organic, uh, countercultural. Group of ragtag young people. Yeah. Always young people. Yeah. Almost always young people. Yes, it's never usually like a bunch of 65 year olds uh-uh. saying, hey, or we all get together. No. Right. Young people coming Starting together. Starting this Christian nursing home. There you go. And then, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> no, go ahead. And then it, then it explodes. Mm-hmm. So along the way, money started getting poured into uh-huh. it. The mainstream saw a way that they could begin to sort of make mm-hmm. a copy of this, this sort of a, a platonic version of the. Of the kind of real industry, I don't mm-hmm. know the mainstream industry. I don't know what you want to call it. Right. And they basically mirrored it. So you know, y'all got festivals, we got festivals. Y'all got magazines, we got magazines. Y'all got radio stations, we got radio stations. Yeah. Y'all got labels, we got labels. Y'all they got just pamphlets, we got pamphlets. We got yeah. pamphlets. What you right. want? You got right. money, I got money. Right. And we made a copy that was Christian themed, and it became CCM. And the counterculture became corporate culture. Right. Now that. Don't get me wrong. There were all kinds of is- issues in the organic. Let's not try to. Let's yeah, not try it was, to, we're going to romanticize. Yeah, it. romanticize like everything was fine. But it was Folks issues were doing going, some weird stuff right. in the Jesus people movement. Oh yeah, it was issues they going had on this, there. Had this thing called flirty fishing where they would like get uh, attractive young women to wear bikinis and try to lure oh, people in right. with sex and, then, like, and win them to Jesus. Yeah, this is weird then, stuff like, happening. Yeah, it's like oh, you got a two piece on? <laughs> yes, I do. Come see Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, Ephesians one. So yeah, and I think and I think but that- there's also issues, but not to say that that CCM is now. Uh, the devil, because that's not no, the no, 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 no. That's a lot but of CCM wonderful corp- things. You're, you're saying CCM corporatized it, making something corporate, right? 
uh, CCM was the manifestation of that. And then that introduced its own issues as well. Exactly. Where you start to run into problems of evangelism because mm-hmm. it's like, now there's bills that need to get paid. Right. You know what I mean? I've, I've talked about before having a, a very good conversation with a brother who uh, led, uh, was one of the leaders in a very large uh, Christian tour about the, the claims that this is ministry. Now, we say this is ministry, right? Of course it's ministry. We're doing it every night. Well, what is your effort to reach out to those who are under-resourced? Right. Well, we can't really, can't really do that so Because much. we're not going to get paid. We won't get paid from them. Well, then that's not ministry. Exactly. You feel me? If you're but, saying we're not well, going to reach out to the under-resourced that can't actually line our pockets with money because it's not, it's not uh, conducive to our business apparatus. Right, 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 right. And it's not ministry, it's business that's at that right, point. That's right, that's right. With a Christian label what, on top yeah, of it. With a Christian theme. Right. And what I'm it's saying— It's a Christian-themed biz- corporate business that runs no different than any absolutely. other business that doesn't care nothing about God. Absolutely. Just that's cares about profit, well profit over people. That's very well said, I mean. Um, but the beautiful thing is that— CCM is actually composed with a lot of people that love Jesus. Right. So when you have these conversations with them, they often respond very, very well. Mm -hmm. And they begin to go back to their roots. This is what I'm saying. Talk to them. Talk to them. Talk to them. Let me talk to them real quick. Movements will inevitably fail if they do not continue to go back to the beginning. Right. To continue to restart what they're doing. Right. Because what happens is it starts with this organic... This sort of, um, uh, some people call this reinvention, the sort of going back. Mm -hmm. But reinvention ought to be recapturing that which gave you its legs. Right. That, that, That what gave you legs, recapturing that. So movements begin organic counterculture, then they begin to get into the public eye. Folks see how they can make money off of it. Mm-hmm. Then money begins to become infused in it. Right. Money isn't the evil, but money does open you up to all kinds of temptations. Right. And compromises. And compromises. Oftentimes those I let me say it like this. Every time, every movement, there's not there's not one, with the exception of Christianity. And Christianity, in a lot of ways, is not this big conglomerate that we see it as, but it really is a remnant of faith of, of the faithful few. Right. But almost every movement, they start the same. You, you can go to the Reformation, you can go to the revivals, the Great Awakening. They start with this organic, real, raw thing that begins to ascend. Yeah. And then human depravity begins to break in as this thing becomes popular, famous, right. and lucrative. Right. And then for a while, it begins to make its descent. But you don't feel the descent. Yeah. Because the descent turns the movement into a museum. Right. Where it feels like, yo, we've captured, we're still walking by all the things that were. Right. But museums, or you can use even better, a mausoleum, that it really is a picture of what was. It's a re- Yeah, it's just a bunch of relics it's, from the past. It's relics from the past that feels like, yo, we're still we're, in it. We're still doing this. But you're not connecting with these exhibits. Right. You, 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 don't, have a, you don't have the heart. That same heart that, that you had when that, you started this, when you were beating the pavement. Go calling people to repentance. They, when you were beating the pavement, trying to get people to see who God is and who they are, you've lost that. Mm-hmm. That has been completely uh, sort of washed out of you. But because we have the relic and we can look to the relic, it makes us but feel like we're still like we singing still have songs it. about those things. Right. We're, we're still, still rapping it. about we're those still, things. You still like you feel like we're st- we're, we're, we're we're still really appreciating the the the. Uh, we're, we're still appreciating the exhibit. That's right. And, That's and, right. And, the, and, and we're so caught up in the appreciation of the exhibit that we think that we're actually doing the exhibit. That's right. Not. That's right. Right. The only way to recover a movement 
is to take the execution, the professionalism, and the greater skills that you learned on the Ascension. Uh huh. Take all of that and then repackage it with what you did in the beginning. Right. And what I'm saying, the future of Christian hip-hop... Which would be a better movement at that point. That's right, because not only will you have world-class sounds and music and producers, but you also have this... The, pa- the passion that the drove passion, the movement. The organic, that drove, the organic nature of the driving of the movement. Right, which makes a more effective movement. That's right. Now, you do have to accept some consequences with that. That may mean you may not be as big. Right. You're going to lose some stuff. You You're going to sacrifice some, some things. Some stuff may go, but right. it will be real and it will be impactful. Right. And what I'm saying— Well, if it's about the movement, then that, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Right. And what I would want to say to my—you know, those out there who support Christian hip-hop and those out there that are doing Christian hip-hop, I'm, I'm explicitly and directly talking to you. Your future is dependent, in my opinion, but I, let, me, let, me know, let, me, let me move out of opinion talk. The future of our movement— Talk to them. —is— Contingent upon our ability to begin again, mm-hmm. to look at the three things that marked our, uh, our first success, personal love for Jesus. Right. Right. Brothers, sisters, get serious about being conformed to the image of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You will be happier. Right. Right. For sure. You will be happier. For sure. Your life will be fuller and you will have a goal that will always be above your other goals. That at the end of the year you didn't sell the record you want to sell. At the end of the year you didn't get the followings that you want to get. At the end of the year you didn't make the connections you want to get. You you want to make, but at the end of the year you are better looking. Uh-huh. In that you are imaging the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. You won that year. Right. right. I won. Yeah. Nobody showed up to the concert. Doesn't matter. Nobody bought the album like I thought they would. That hurts. It does. But I still have the lover of my soul as my greatest aim, and I have been, through my losses and my crosses, conformed into his image. Mm. That's the rejoicing point right there. Amen. Be serious about that. Man, those who influence the world, those who have the most impact on the world are the ones who are the least controlled by it. Right. So I'm going to sound kind of fundamental, even though I have lots of problems with fundamentalists. Uh-huh. We got it. We're wet. We've been swimming in the current of the culture we want, in some ways, to be aware of what's happening in the culture, be connected to the culture, but right. we don't want to be drenched in the culture that it takes away our greatest pursuit, and that is to be like Jesus. Right. The, we, the way we talk, the way we carry ourselves, the way that we, uh, w- way that we uh, get with community, our, our, the people that we keep around us, all of that should be centered around our primary which is to become like him. Yeah. Inform his likeness. So serious about that. Right. And there's two other things. The other thing is explicitly or implicitly influence the culture's mind about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not giving a four point gospel presentation, if you are making people think about the emptiness mm-hmm. of lean mm-hmm. or the emptiness of chasing money. Or if you're making, or you're showing them the beauty of loving a woman like Chance the Rapper just did in what his is, last yeah, album about and suffered for it greatly. Right, right, right. Because that's the other thing that comes with the first point is that all those that desire to do this will suffer persecution. Yeah. People will push back. Right. Light is the biggest problem with Christian hip hop. It's not the label. 
Yeah. The label isn't what's keeping you yeah. out. I'm glad. I'm the, glad. The identity of the light. I'm, and the third point, yeah. real quick, and I'll let you go. I mean, I'm so sorry, brother. No, go ahead. So it, it was personal holiness. It is also trying your hardest to be as creative and and mm. and um, uh, sort of impactful as possible and influencing people's mind about Jesus. Evangelize their, evangelize their imagination. Evangelize their souls. Right. And then thirdly, do it in community. Mm. Get around people who are running in the same direction that you are. Mm. That is what will restart our movement. Yeah, yeah. I, and I and I, I agree with you. I think that going on what you said, uh, just piggybacking off of what you said about light being the biggest you know problem of the Christian movement. Right. Yes. Um, I'm very passionate about that. I'm very passionate about how Christianity intersects and has points of contact with culture. Yes. And how we can take those intersections and points of contact and and point people to Jesus. I'm right. very passionate about that. So I think that we want to be, we want to ask the Lord for wisdom. Right. We want to be creative. Yeah. We want to be tactful on how we do those things. Yeah. But one of the things that we always have to remember is that you cannot make the world necessarily think that the light is cool. If the world hates the light and loves darkness, Straight up. the Bible makes it very clear that <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the flex bomb. The Bible makes it very clear that those who are living in darkness love darkness and they hate the light. Yeah. It's like when you're asleep and the room is dark and somebody comes in the room and turns the lights on and you're like, what are you doing? Turn yeah. that off, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for some folks that you run into in the culture, they are going to hate the light. And I think that what we have done is we have said, okay, we have to find some kind of way to make them not hate the light as much. Yeah, yeah. That is different than saying we have to find a way to make people not hate Christianity for the misrepresentations and right. some of the bad things that we've done. Right. There's a lot of reforming that Christianity has to do in the way that they've engaged culture. Right, right. A lot of the ways that we have treated homosexuals, right. and I'm not saying that in the context of not saying that homosexuality is wrong. I'm saying that how we have treated them as far as we haven't loved them well, sure. stuff like that. Um, a lot of the ways in which we have demonized a lot of stuff in the culture as evil and wicked and wrong that are not necessarily evil, wicked and wrong. Right. There are a lot of things that we have to really actually, a lot of, uh, a lot of deconstructing that we have to do in the sense that we have, we have misrepresented what Christianity is to a lot of people right, in the right, culture. Right. That's different though, than moving those obstructions out the way is different than saying, but I'm going to preach the truth of Christ right. and people are not going to like it. Right, 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 right. And I think that what we have done is we have, to, we've said, how can we soften the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can we turn the light on in, in, in a way in which people will say, this is bright, get this out of my face, turn it off. Right, right. And I think that we can't. I think right, scripture right. is very clear about that. Right, right. So I just want all of us to to also keep that in mind because what starts happening is when we start saying, man, I got to look at some ways to kind of soften the light, uh, we start actually thinking that taking the explicit nature of the truths of Christ and Jesus himself out is going to soften the light. Right. But without Jesus, you have no light. That's right, that's right. You might have moralism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You might have just ethics, bare right. bones. Right, right. Uh, but you don't have light. You don't right. have salvation. Right, right, um, right. So uh, I, I think that I just want us to keep that in mind that, that you know, be tactful. Yes. Uh, do some some deconstruction that needs to be done. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Show people the ways in which Christianity has mis been mis misrepresented and, yeah. mis and and represent Christianity the right way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. But don't think that because you do all of those things that when you actually start really talking about the light, that it means that everybody's just going to unanimously Absolutely. embrace Absolutely. it. Yeah, people and when, are people, when people bristle at it, don't think that I need to remove 
my explicit nature out of it. Yet, of course, we need to make sure that we're not being jerks. Some people are not resistant to the gospel because they hate it. They're just resistant to you because to you're, you, a jerk you're a jerk and the way yeah. you present it. However, there are going to be those who just don't want anything to do with God. Absolutely. And we have to, we have to be able to shake Absolutely. the dust off of our feet and keep it moving, even within the culture, man. And Absolutely. that's what I want us to, to remember. You know I couldn't I mean? agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think that um, when I think about Chance the Rapper, yeah, how I when, when he came... He has had some faith journey where he, in a lot of ways, has um, come to life, man. Yeah. And it's so prevalent in everything that he does. I mean, if you take his last album, uh, The Big Day, and subtract all the, you know, getting high all the time and the the cursing, you got a Christian hip-hop album. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I... I saw it coming, man. I actually wrote this in a sermon that I preached almost three years ago as Chance the Rapper was making this turn. How I was like wanting us to be excited about the fact that the Lord is doing something. The same thing that I feel if I see even a tad bit of grace, that is enough for me to rejoice and to pray. Right. And so I was excited to see him reading the scripture on his Instagram live and stuff like that. Yeah, saying that he was taking a hiatus from his career so that right. he can actually learn the Bible. That's right. He said right. that he's been raised around Christianity all, all his life but never knew the Bible for himself. Yes. Wanted to read the word of God and learn it and 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 inculcate it into himself. Absolutely. Like, I, yeah, that was amazing. It was powerful. And all of the outlets were reporting on it. Some yeah. of them were reporting on it unfavorably. Yeah. Like, Chance is stopping the, his, to like, yeah. music. So a lot of, especially dudes, like, I mean, Joe Budden has some slick comments to make and stuff Whatever. like that. But at the end of the day, I was reading this text. I was reading First Timothy, where, right. it, um, where all those who desire to live a godly life will suffer persecution. And I felt so hard for him mm. that godliness, in a lot of ways, is a repellent for some. Yes. That they, and, and then, again, that does not mean... That, that that you can't talk about the things of God to a certain degree and have mass appeal. Right, right. But, man, you start to cross some thresholds, particularly when a black man is talking about being married a lot yeah. in hip-hop. Right. That's going to be a challenge. Absolutely. Let me tell in you. In an industry that is rife with serial relationships and one-night stands. And also, there's, and, there's yeah. also we, cannot, we cannot mull over the fact that one of the problems with racial supremacy is that, that it teaches lies about minority groups. That's very true. One of the lies about minority groups is that these people are typically gangsters. Like I'm talking about African-Americans, actually. Right. That they're gangsters, that they, uh, they can't control their sexual appetites. That right. They're, they're violent. They can't be sort of trusted. They're always fighting. They're talking crazy. And hip-hop is what? The manifestation of the stereotype right. that a nation... Uh, struggles with in terms of racial supremacy. Mm -hmm. So when you see rappers who are not acting like their stereotypical destiny, mm. you get a sense of inauthenticity from right, them. Right. And you become and you become critical uh -huh. and disrespectful because you're not acting like the drug addicted, serial mm -hmm. uh, relationship, wild, no rule having black man that we think that you're supposed to be. Right. And if it's not even, if you don't want to see it racially, I'm not going to argue with you, but that's what you think hip-hop is in general. Exactly. And when guys come in, they're either going to have a niche audience, yep. NF, mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. bless him, where I am like killing it in my own right. Right. Largely underneath y'all underneath y'all radar. So there's an underground for you. But man, where Chance the Rapper is, is not the underground. No. In the mainstream, there is an understanding 
that this is how y'all supposed to be. Yeah. And Chance the Rapper said that recently in a freestyle. He was like, they don't want to see me with a life. They don't want to see me with a wife. Right. I remember. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I, I think that's what's underneath that. So I, I feel, man, how did I even get into that? I'm not sure how I went on that uh, <laughs> that tangent on Chance the Rapper. I think KB lost it, folks. I lost my thought, man. Yeah, so this is what to, this is what to be expected on some level that it is expected of us to arm ourselves with the spirit of the martyrs. Right. That's what it means to walk with Jesus. So by God's grace, we may be able to have a full career mm-hmm. where we can sort of, uh, you know, have the C.S. Lewis type of work, like the Chronicles of Narnia, right. or we can have 21 Pilots, or John Bellion, right, or right. a whole myriad of like Tori Kelly's and folks like that. Then that is, that's powerful. That's awesome. Praise God for that. And God does give grace for that. Amen. But even them, even they, Somewhere along the line, their godliness will be tested. That's true. They will be asked to step outside of light into darkness. There's going to be a line drawn. And the more explicit you want to be with that, doesn't make you better than them. Uh, Christian rappers are not, no better than, than artists who are Christians mm-hmm. who just make uh, R&B. Okay? Very, yep, very sure. We're all here. We're, we're tag team, like I said earlier. Right. But the more light that you pour into the music the more resistance you ought to expect. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. this is sort of what comes along with the territory, and it comes down to calling at the end of the day. So anyways, that that's sort of my kind of response to all of this. And I, I feel like for Christian hip-hop, if we can really grasp where we've come from right. and then properly, properly diagnose the issues, you know? Because mm-hmm. we, you know, I'm, I am very happy that the label conversation mm-hmm. is not one anymore. A lot of my brothers years ago really felt like the thing that was stopping their music careers from going into the mainstream was what they were calling the music. Right. Because they were calling it Christian rap. But if they could take that label off, that it would somehow give them the access that they wanted. Right. I see the merit in that argument. I have actually experienced the the kind of uh, recalcitrance <laughs> that comes from Saying that you're a Christian rapper, I was I was on a flight with DJ. Excuse me, I was on a flight with um, with Jeezy's manager, and he, him and I was having a, him and I were having a great conversation. I felt like the moment that I brought up that I did Christian rap, the conversation just changed. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it was like I was dope. Like it was a dope conversation until like you know you came with that, right? Um, so I understand that. However, it seemed to me that the thing that people were struggling with was not the name. It was what the music was saying. Right. It wasn't the label. It wasn't the label. And I've taken it even even further. It really wasn't even what the music was saying. It's what the the music was not saying. Right. It was not filled with the things that fill out a mainstream work. Right. It just wasn't filled with that. There are certain things that we would not say, and that, in a lot of ways, was a part of the collateral damage of pumping Jesus into your music right. or pumping Jesus Jesus into your life. Right. There are things that you will miss out on. You will not have as much money as you could have had. Right. You will not have the type of opportunities that you might have had. 
Mm-hmm. God works around and does miraculous things, and I love it that way because when he does do something special, we rejoice all the more. Right. That look at all the odds stacked against us, yeah, and, and look yet at what he's we're done. here right. doing this. And that was, that, I mean, essentially, if we think about it, that was really the story of Christian hip-hop that is in the story. beginning. So because Christian hip-hop, if we want to keep it 100% Fendi Facts real, we were the outcast on, you know, we were on the outside of the industry. Nobody really kind of cared or knew about us and what we were doing, but we were out there evangelizing, pounding the pavement, right. making great music that glorified Jesus and edified the church simultaneously. Right. And um, people were getting saved. Yeah. And uh, what, st- what started happening is we started charting yeah. on iTunes. Yeah. Cats started charting at, you know, under, like right above, like number one, number, yeah. I mean, number t- like, like high, 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 high numbers over right. all of the mainstream artists. Right. And what happened is that the industry had to take notice because who was the, who are these Christian rap artists we've never heard of right. or these artists we never heard of. Then we listen to it here is Christian rap right. who are charting over all of these huge mainstream artists. Right, Cats right. is charting right, right under Nas, right above Nas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, and, and, and that is essentially what was going on is that God was doing something miraculous and it was not because we changed a label. Yeah. It was because we were doing what we were doing. Yeah. And once it started being done on a high level and the movement got more and more people involved that wanted to love Jesus, which means more and more people were buying records, which means more and more. And, 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 and then and then we had greater sound, greater, uh, 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 greater content. Um, and, and, and the quality of things that we were making became better. More people started getting saved, which means more people started giving dollars to it. What happened is that a movement happened. Yeah. And when a movement happens, it causes numbers. And when numbers happen, people start noticing that's right so what happened is the industry was like hold on who are these people that are charting all the time literally defying the laws of defying the, music industry. the laws of music industry we we the music industry is confused yes how is how are they we are we have all kind of uh advertising agencies and and, and po- folks that are running numbers and calculations and statistics on how to get people at the top of this chart and you mean to tell me these Christian guys Ragtag. are charting yes. over these these are artists that we are pumping millions and millions of dollars in to be in this place. How is that happening? It was supernatural. Yes. But I think that we got off when I it would, happened. And let's play. We we should play something up? that that Sway said. So if any and, of you guys know that Sway is a hip hop, I would say journalist and guru. Yeah. And uh, he did an interview with Rapzilla uh, way years back ago. in the day, years ago. And he actually said that this was going to happen with Christian Christian hip hop. He was right. He was prophetic. And this is what he said. Listen to what he said happened and listen to what he said Christians need to do when that happens. What I think is that Christian hip hop shouldn't even concern itself with the mainstream market. Uh, hip hop in general didn't. And when it became popular and self contained, the mainstream market came to it. So I think uh, Christian hip hop has to do the same thing master his craft. Master his market. Gave his own fan base, his own constituency, and it'll begin to overflow into the mainstream, and the mainstream will come to it. If you're trying to go for mainstream, that's like trying to make a pop record. Nine times out of ten, you're not gonna, it's not going to happen. You're going to ruin the core that you set up. Right now, you guys got a great big secret, in a sense. It's not a secret to you, but it's a secret to the rest of the world, and you need to manage it and control that secret so when the rest of the world comes, you'll have you know, the, the, the power or the influence to make sure it's being done right. In regular rap, that is, that's not what happened. We didn't control it. We didn't um, master.
five-star markets, and these corporations came in and basically made it what it is today, divided, uh, shallow, one-dimensional, and put us more, we're at the bottom of the food chain. It's our own creation. He said, number one, what you guys need to what you guys need to focus on in Christian hip-hop is not trying to capture the attention of the mainstream, mm. right? He said that hip-hop in general did not focus on trying to capture the, the attention of the mainstream. And what happened is that the movement grew so big that the mainstream had to come to hip-hop. the actual movement, yeah. right? They had to come to hip-hop. He was saying Christianity, Christian hip-hop, is the same. You shouldn't be trying to capture the mainstream. You should just be focusing on the movement. And as the movement grows, the mainstream will come to Christian hip-hop. Mm. That's what he said. Yeah. Then um, he actually gets into how... We, even when the mainstream does come to, to Christian hip-hop, we should not be seeking to basically ing- ingratiate our ourselves. Give, yeah, give up our power and ingratiate ourselves to the industry. Yeah. Right? Um, and I kind of feel like that's a little bit of what we did. I mean, on some level, on yeah. On some level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know... He actually said in the in the same interview too that if Christian if Christian hip hop started trying to gain the attention of the industry, it would lose its core. core yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. The core would start to rot. But he also ended the interview by saying that he didn't think that Christian hip hop should be seen separate from hip hop. Right. And we we feel I feel like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I also think that, that that speaks to that speaks to the label being ultimately easily debunked. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because it's not a deep understanding that people have around Christian hip-hop. People typically don't care about Christian hip-hop. Uh-huh. Then they make assumptions. If you would have come to me and told me that you did teacher hip-hop, I'd be like, I'm not sure if I want to hear that. Yeah, that's not good. But if I had somebody come, uh, someone else come to me and say, no, I know you think teacher hip-hop sounds whack, but it actually is really dope. Check this out. Right. You would almost instantly, if you thought it was good, become a... An instrument of redemption for the term teacher hip hop. Right. And I think that's what Sway has been. Sway has been, yes. God in a lot of ways has used Sway right. to shape the way people think about what Christian artists can do. Exactly. And what Christian art sounds like. Right. Because he sees it for what it is. And he saw that this interview was 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to talk about being high on a Christian hip hop label. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were at the that apex of that label. Mom. label. Right. So, yeah. so Sway. Somehow Sway, one of the most influential people in hip hop, still made it past the label sure. to be able to actually give us uh, commentary, observations, and be able to deduce what we should actually do. Right. Um, I think that if that could happen for Sway, yeah, yeah, that yeah. can happen for many other people. I think and so. And he said that you guys should just focus on your craft, and as the movement begins to build, people will come to the movement. Sure. That's what was happening. Yeah. I think given... I don't... Because obviously a lot of this has... and I, I mean, this is the kind of elephant in the room, but I think a lot of this... A lot of our conversation, well, not a lot of our conversation, this part of our conversation Mm -hmm. in terms of Christian hip-hop trying to go mainstream is really talking about a single person. And I don't want to put the weight of the entire movement on a man. Oh, no. But I do think that regardless of what has happened in the past, what we need to move forward is Mm -hmm. fairly simple. Amen. And I think Sway's words ring very true. Even right now. Right now. Brothers and sisters, God, for one, has graciously given us the medium of hip-hop, which I would say is the biggest worship genre in the world. Right. I don't think there's any other style of music that conveys worship like hip-hop. Right. 
I mean, it gets to the core. The melody uh, from the uh, the sort of uh, the way that we put our words together, the depth of the content, these things stir the heart and connect you to another world. God has given us hip-hop as a tool. Christians across the spectrum, whether you are wanting to be explicit I'm going to dump Jesus in. Praise God. I welcome that. That's where I am. Amen. Don't apologize for it and do not let anybody speak ill on it. Right. Like you're out of sync because you want to do that. Right. I've went through that. I've had people essentially protest me, friends protest me saying you will not travel with me. I cannot do songs with you. You cannot be a part of my audience. Why? Because what you do can be a hazard for where I'm trying to go. Right. Do not be moved by that. If you lose opportunity, it does not come down to preference. It comes down to calling. Mm -hmm. It's not even about what you prefer. What has God called you to? And if God has called you to put Jesus up front, oh, you put him so front. You put put him as up front as you possibly can. I mean, pushed against the glass. Have Jesus there. If you're calling, which you know. Especially, especially if you feel like you're being pushed into a kind of a mold, which a lot of artists did. A lot of artists came into Christian hip-hop knowing that God was calling them to make a kind of music that didn't sound like cross-movement. Right. Yet they made cross-movement music because they thought that was it. Right. It was the and mold. It was the paradigm. the way to be most effective. Yeah. So folks like JR, for example, right. had to make that decision, which he caught slack for. Yeah, but JR's an elder at his church to this day. Yes. This was not an issue of his faith. It was an issue of his calling. Right. God calls people to make music that does not necessarily serve as a worship service or a explicit evangelism pitch. Right. God calls people to that. Right. And we need to encourage folks to do that and hold them down while they do it. Yes. Right? They're going into the well. We need to hold the ropes. Absolutely. We need the whole spectrum. We need everything. And by God's grace, if we do both with those three things in mind that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Personal devotion to Jesus. Yes. Serious consideration of our primary calling to be a tool in one way or another to usher people into the kingdom of God. Yes. And number three, do it in community. Mm. Get leaders around you other believers around you that are running in the same direction. If we do that, by God's grace and Lord, I pray that you would do it even now as people are hearing this. If we would do those three things, revival and momentum in the movement has to happen. Right. It is absolutely consequential in, it's the necessary consequence of this type of three-tiered commitment. Yeah. And that's my word. For Christian hip hop. Amen. And Christians who make hip hop. Yes. Praise God, man. This has been Southside Rabbi. And on that note, we're going to end with some Christian hip hop. Hey! From a brother from across the pond. Across the pond. My man, S.O. Allo, mate. With Boast. And I'm coming to the UK soon, baby. Let's do it. Let's get it. You see the two million streams. Oh, man. You see the two, two mil- million streams. You see the, the 2.5. 
You see the double plat in a gold? Look, let's go. Play. I got woes. I got God. I got hope. I got soul in my home. I got G. That's my bro. Okay. OB on a beat. He got heat on the stove. He's cooking. They keep playing with us. They gon' reap what they sow. Whoa. Yeah, buddy, we gon' keep talking cold. And I hang with a few. Cause the most do the most. Wine bottles on the table. Get the chairs and a toast. Cause we didn't save ourselves. It was God as a boast. Whoa. Look, talking like they know me. They don't know the hoes. Hey, hey. Mixed inside, I know it's all. Hey. I had battles in the dark, why you so alarmed? Hey. See the battles and the scars, had to go to class. 